All right, guys, welcome to the first ever Off the Woodwork podcast presented by FullPressCoverage.com. Mitchie, this is some Full Press footy here. First ever time this website's covered uh, football, and uh, it happens to be us, buddy. How are you feeling? I'm pretty excited about it, you know? Yeah, man, it's going to be a good time. We're here to break down all the latest transfer news. Uh, mostly we're going to talk about the greatest league on uh, on God's green earth. We're talking about the Premier League. Uh, you know, we saw the final this year, the Champions League, that we're going to get into later, which uh, for people that don't know at home, I'm a Tottenham fan. Mitch is a Liverpool fan. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he got the uh, he got the W on that one, which is which is okay. But, yeah, so we're going to jump right in. Right off the hop, where we're, we're no time. It's just pants down around our ankles, and uh, and we're ready to hop into this here. Some yeah, big transfer stuff going down, buddy. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, big time. Okay, so Gareth Bale, that kind of took an ugly turn there with Zidane coming out and saying that he wished he would just leave and it would be better if he left tomorrow. And uh, Bale's agent coming out and basically saying that Zidane's an idiot, calling him all these uh Saying that he's disrespectful, and and you know when you look at the numbers, I mean Gareth Bale did do a lot for that club. Whether whether or not he wants him or not, it really has seemed to take a a disrespectful turn. Yeah, he has done a lot for Real Madrid. I mean, we all saw the Champions League final the year before when he came on and single handedly just took Liverpool apart. Yeah, you know he scored that crazy bicycle kick goal, and then uh, who is the goalie then for Liverpool? Uh, Loris Karius. Yeah, Loris Karius. He had the fumble off the hand. Uh, you know, Bale fired it off him. Yeah, take a hike big time. They have, uh, what's his name in that now? Who's Allison. Liverpool's goalie? Allison? Allison. Yeah, Allison. He's way better. So much better off than that schmuck. Most but yeah. sheets in Europe this year. Yeah, big year he had for sure. And it was a big year for Liverpool. We'll get into that. But yeah, with this Bale stuff, I mean, there's just so many theories going on right now. Uh, one being that, you know, there's a huge money offer to China. But I don't think he's going to do that. I mean, He's won a whole ton of trophies with Real Madrid. I don't really think he's ever got a shot at winning like a European title or like a World Cup or something like that. So, I mean, if he wants the money, go to China. I guess they're offering him like a million a week or something like that. Yeah, it would be make him the like highest played paid player in football, um, which is insane. Now you look at another situation going on. You got Neymar over at Paris Saint Germain. He hasn't been happy since he moved over there from Barcelona. He wants to go back to Barcelona. Some paper talk has suggested a swap possibly of Bale plus cash for Neymar to go to Real Madrid, but they just brought in Hazard. I don't know. I don't know if I see that happening. I don't think so. And honestly, I'm getting so sick of Neymar. Yeah, I'm not a big Neymar guy either. I think he's an arrogant guy. And I, and I think it looks good on him. He, you know, he wanted to step out of the shadow, went to PSG. And sure, they're going to win the French League every year. That league stinks. Yeah, but who else is going to win the French League? It's no a joke. Exactly, man. No one's going to win that league. And you have a team like Paris Saint-Germain spending the money. And he went there and they don't have any more Champions League since success than they were having before with Zlatan. Um, they, they, they can't get over the hump. And, you know, he went in there and made them get rid of guys like uh, Lucas and got, got rid of guys. You know, he didn't want uh, Buddy taking the penalty kicks. You know, he just disturbed the whole the whole chemistry from the get-go, which obviously they were going to win the league, but they have nothing in Champions League. And if I'm Real Madrid, I stay away from him. I know Barcelona might bring him back, and they, there was talks that – you know, they would pay 90 million pounds and give them two players. And they gave him a list of guys that had like Dembele and Coutinho yeah, on it. Yeah. Um, a guy like Philip Coutinho, too, who left Liverpool. Uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And now, you know, two years into it, it doesn't really look like that's worked out. And uh, 
It looks like he's been offered around, but not a whole lot going on with Coutinho. Yeah, I just think he needs – like I still think he's a really fine football player, but I just think he needs to go somewhere else that isn't Barcelona. I think he's kind of just lost himself. I think he's kind of just lost himself there, and he needs to regain some confidence in his footing, get back into good form. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, he went MIA during the training at the beginning of the year. They asked him to turn up. He didn't show up. Um, definitely seems like I, th- I think that Barcelona move is going to pan out. I, I think he's going to end up at Barca. There won't be any bail swap. Now, I will say, Mitch, I know Zidane was a hell of a player. He's a legend. But uh, like you said, what Gareth Bale has done, 231 games played, 102 goals, 65 assists and 14 trophies. Zidane played 227 games at the Bernabeu, uh, 49 goals, 66 assists and six trophies. Now I understand he didn't really have Cristiano Ronaldo for the whole time running around uh, bagging trophies, but Gareth Bale was a huge part of the Champions League. Uh, The first season he was there, he scored that incredible goal during the Copa del Rey, and they deserve more respect from him, and Zidane should be better than that, whether you like the guy or not, to go out there. And it seems like ever since... uh Ever since last the, the the last time he was around, he just never he always seemed to have it out for Bale. I wonder what his problem was with him because the guy when not when healthy, he's world class. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with you on that one. I just I don't understand what Zidane's issue is either. It's everyone knows that he's like a European legend, Real Madrid legend, but like you got to have a little more res- like a little more respect for your players, and you can't be saying those kinds of things like about your players, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's like, put some respect on Gareth Bale's name. This guy came in and did what he had to do, man. He's had, you know, I mean, sure, was he injured? Absolutely, he was injured a bit, but he had a lot of success at Real Madrid, man. Scored a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals and 231 games for a winger to have 102 goals and still bag 65 assists. He's uh he's producing and, uh, you know, it, it was a risk in an 80-plus million-pound deal. And Mitchie, speaking of 80 million pound deals, there's a new 80 million pound man down in Manchester, Harry Maguire from Leicester City. He had a great World Cup with England. Okay, Comes okay, in okay, and he, okay. Oh, here we go. He's going to be the really, rock. Do you like Harry Maguire is like a fine player, but do we really think he's worth 80 million? Oh, absolutely not. This is just the case of in the in the Premier League, the British players get so overvalued. It's in like 80 million pounds. I mean, listen, I like Harry Maguire. I think Harry Maguire could even end up being the captain one day. I think he's that kind of guy. But I don't think in any world is he worth 80 million pounds. But this new transfer market, I mean, the money they're bringing in is crazy. Even Tottenham losing the Champions League, I saw they brought in like 150 million pounds on top of their 100 and whatever million from the season. I mean, the money's just massive. And, uh, that's a big move for Harry Maguire and a big loss for a team like Leicester that, you know, is only a couple seasons removed from that miracle year. Um, and a really, you know, a really strong showing the following year in Champions League. I, mean, I think they went to the to the quarters. I but. mean, with saying that, like, it is a big money move for Harry Maguire, but, like, I think he kind of has outgrown Leicester. Yeah. I mean, is his number really $80 million? Probably not, but... For Man United, it's like eighty million is the Man United price you got to pay for him. Yeah, it's like when Liverpool grabbed Virgil Van Dijk, right? I mean, a lot of people at the time questioned that move, and uh, he more than panned out yeah. the Player of the Year last season. Yeah, he's up for the Ballon d'Or this year. I think he could win it. He, he this, I wouldn't see why not. This past season, 
Um, there wasn't a dribble completed on him until February. Yeah, you know what? Virgil van Dijk ended up being a monster for Liverpool. And really, it turned the whole team around. They won Champions League this year, which was crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, there was some talk earlier in the in the transfer window. Wilfred Zaha, Crystal Palace, he's looking to move on. Rumor had Arsenal were in for it. Apparently, they didn't want to take 32 million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're the cheapest team in the world. Everyone knows that. People... Uh, People out there are saying that Everton is actually going to jump in and could fire a bid around 55 million pounds for the disgruntled uh, Crystal Palace winger. Again, kind of like Harry Maguire, Wilfred Zaha is a very, very good player, a player that, of course, the English FA treated unfairly and he ended up not wanting to be uh, play for their national team. He's an explosive winger. His speed is crazy fast. And uh, I just, you know, I wish one of the bigger clubs would step up and grab Zaha. I really do think that he... He is in that top class of uh, of wingers, and he's just waiting for a team to explode onto. I mean, obviously, being a biased Tottenham fan, I always would have loved to see him there. But oh, I think after sure. when you go for to sure. Champions League final, I think that you know the targets get a little bit bigger than a guy than uh, than a guy than Wilfred Zaha. And you know, you look at the at Spurs; they brought in sixty five million pounds. Daniel Levy came off the wallet. I don't know what the hell he did to, to get the money out there, but to get Tenge uh, and Dombele from Lyon, uh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, and, he must and, have grown some real arms. Got off those got off those alligator arms. Reached around to his back pocket, pulled out the checkbook. Yeah, I don't know what the hell gave there, and to have the move done like not the last day of the transfer window, like he's actually getting, you know, he came on versus Juventus, and his first pass completed was an assist in the box, just a crazy pass, and he looks every bit the real deal there. Uh, Spurs are kind of all over the place here in the paper talk. You know, it seems like they're finally willing after taking two transfer windows off to splash some cash. Uh, Lo Celso. Uh, Lo Celso, Lo Celso, I've heard him called both when I was studying his tape. It kind of depends what you want to call him, the Argentine. One thing I'll say is he's an exciting player. He's at Real Betis, uh, but guess what? They just bought uh, Fakir, Fakir. Yeah. and uh, the only reason Fakir even went there is because they were willing to give starting time to his brother. So both Fakir brothers are going there, and uh, everyone knows the financial strain that that club's under. So yeah. they know that they have to sell him, and right. I think Daniel Levy now – I think he. I think he is going to end up at Tottenham, and I don't think. I remember there was reports saying they had to sell Christian Eriksen. Yeah. I don't think that's true. But what I do know is that now that Daniel Levy knows that they need to sell him to fund that deal, he's going to levy off a few uh, a few million pounds off of that. And you know he'll play hardball right yeah. to the last day if he has to. Yeah, he's such I think a cheap the, uh, I think the writing on the wall is is there for Lo Celso. He's he's kind of outgrown his role at Real Betis, and Tottenham seems like the place that he'll end up. Yeah, well, you know, the manager's got the Argentina thing going on. He's from Argentina. And listen. Oh, by the way, I'd just like to point out that everything on this is factual. So, yeah, guys, we just want to mention right in the middle of this that everything we say is correct. So just just keep that in mind when listening here on the full press radio network that uh, Off the Woodwork always knows exactly what they're talking about 110% of the time. Moving forward, Mitchie. Fakir's move is a little strange. I mean, last year he was mentioned to some of the top clubs, and uh, yeah, actually, never- and he had all that French, you know, the, those young French guys ready to rock and roll, and all of a sudden he goes there. I don't know about that. Yeah, he was linked to a a big money, actually, like big money move to Liverpool last summer, and he just never really materialized. Yeah, well, when they got that deal on what's his name, Liverpool, uh, who did they bring in last year? He came off the bench all the time, Shakiri. Yeah, Shakiri. Yeah, when Shakiri came, I think that put the fork in the Fakir deal. And Fabinho. Yeah. 
Yeah, they had a big, uh, very quiet deadline uh, transfer window so far for Liverpool. They don't really have to do anything. They're a pretty complete team. Uh, yeah, it's like any other year we any other year we would have won Champions League and the English Premier League. Yeah. So I don't really see how Liverpool is supposed to get any better this year. You kind of just got to hope for the same and hope Man City drops a point or two or yeah. Tottenham doesn't get a, that bit better, which I think they will. So if they I. add Lo Celso in, and Dombele makes them so much better with him and Sissoko in the middle. Yep. And, you know, uh, when they need guys, like, you know, when they those guys need rest, you know, to have Harry Winks, to have Wanyama, to have Dyer, they finally have some depth in that midfield. Erickson can play back there now. And uh, you look at a guy like Deli Alley, if they bring in, uh, Lo Celso and the way that Lucas is playing, that's another guy. It seems like uh, Mauricio Pochettino switching away from the English guys there. That'll be something interesting to watch. Speaking of London, uh, right down the road from the beautiful new Tottenham State, uh, beautiful new Tottenham Stadium, about eight minutes down the road is this trash pile of a team called Arsenal, uh, <laughs> and apparently these scumbags uh, are going to take Ceballos from uh, Real Madrid on loan. They originally were working with Spurs on a deal, but they wouldn't put in a buy clause. And, uh, you know, if Arsenal can get a player on their team and don't have to put out any money for it, it's a bonus well, for yeah, those his, uh, those trash pile heathers, those guys. Yeah, his rental price is only like $32 million, right in the Arsenal uh, roundhouse. Yeah, I remember when uh, the, the Neymar stuff broke. Someone, I think it was one of those like the onions or something. We're like, Arsenal can't wait to launch 32 million pound <laughs> bid for Neymar. It's so yeah, true. Know, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually tried to do something like that. Well, you know what? They've always been the cheapest club in the world. I remember back when, um, what's his name uh, that left Liverpool to go to Barcelona? Luis Suarez. Uh, he had a buyout clause that was 40 million pounds. He ended up moving in like a 70 million pound deal because Barcelona understood that sure they could trigger his clause, but I think with the player and with respect to the club, they paid 30 million more because they knew that was fair value. Yeah. Then Arsene Wenger, his offer, 40 million and one pound. That's what he offered to trigger his release clause. Paid one pound over. Just absolute, uh, absolute rubbish bin uh, fr uh, franchise there at Arsenal. Uh, another big name, you know, you go to Man United and Paul Pogba. He's asked, you know, he he's made it known that he wants out of there. It's not what he thought yeah. it was going to be. You know, when he was going there, it was Latan and everything else. Yeah, now we're seeing, um, we're seeing Juve and Dybala possibly moving so so they could bring Pogba back into the fold at Juventus. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's a good place for him to go back to. I think that he should never have should have left for Man United. Um, to get back to Juve, uh, if you look at that Juve roster, Mitch, that team is stacked to the rafters with players. But if they can bring in Pogba, they would definitely have to get rid of a guy like Dybala. And now, if you're Manchester United, if you're Tottenham, if you're those kind of teams – that could use that flair up front, you know, a guy like Dybala comes available uh, if if they are going to bring in Pogba. And all of a sudden, you know, you got to take a look at that if you're some teams. Dybala is a world-class yeah, finisher. Cool under pressure, and he's always just been a world-class finisher. I think he's kind of just losing his place in the Juventus team. It looks like Douglas Costa is going to get the nod on the right side over him to start the year. Mm -hmm. So maybe Dybala is looking to move too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, Kieran Trippier, he just moved to Atletico Madrid, uh, the right back from Tottenham. And they, they they kept Danny Rose home from their tour. Danny Rose, uh, what have what have you read on him? Um, it's been kind of quiet, but, like, I 
PSG is the only real link I've seen to him. I think he could go in like a 25 million pound there, move there. There's always been so much speculation over him, whether or not Pochettino likes him. He doesn't like him. He was running his mouth last year a little bit. So. Yeah, he always has to Google all our transfer buys, which at the time was kind of a correct statement. I mean, it just kind of came off bad towards the team. And I mean, Kyle Walker had just left. It was kind of hostile times yeah. at the club for us. But, uh, you know, he had a really good season last year and he was a big part of Spurs' success. And Toby Alderweireld's in his last year of his contract, he has a release clause. Uh, that people say has already been met by Roma, but he he got the captain's band in their first game. And he said that, you know, just because I have a release clause doesn't mean I'm going to leave. And in his mind, he's playing for Tottenham. And he said he appreciated the band. So I think he might just play out his contract there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see something get done there. He's an older guy. Now, Mitch, I want to switch it. The top 10 of the table. We're going to get into some predictions here because it wouldn't be a podcast without going on record and saying something that people can throw in your face further down the road. Yeah. So, Mitchie, why don't you do the honors? Give us your top 10. Start from 10 and work your way down to one. Um, I started at, at 10. I started at, at Newcastle there. Yeah. Honestly, I think they're going to make some – they got Steve Bruce as their manager now, and I think they're just going to make some – I think they're just going to make some strides this year and just look like a much better club. Yeah, I mean, Rafa's gone, but I mean, Steve, uh, Bruce, I mean, I, I saw some outrage from the fans, but they're always going to be upset after what happened with Rafa. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see so, them do all right. What do you got next? At nine, I went with uh, Leicester City. I mean, obviously they lost Harry Maguire, so it takes a bit off their back end, but I think they're still going to be able to manage and keep inside that top 10. All right, number eight. Uh, I went with Everton. And it pains me to say that because I hate the blues. I hate the blue half of Mercy side, but I think they're good enough to be in that eight spot. All right, keep going. Um, seven. Uh, I went with Wolves here at this spot. Nice. I think they're just they're just on the edge of becoming like a Euro, like a like they're just on the edge of becoming like a like a team that plays in Europe every year, but they're just not there yet. Yeah, for some Europa League, I could see it. Yeah. All right, number six. Um, Arsenal. I think they're just going to be there because no player they want is available for between 30 and 35 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know when you got a Bamiyang and uh, what's his name there, uh, Lacazette, they should they should be in that. Yeah, but they won't. No. Um, five. I went with Chelsea. They're in a bit of a weird spot. So they got that transfer ban for trying to sign underage players or something like that. But they just brought in Frank Lampard as their new manager. And, I mean, I don't know, maybe you'll have something new for them. Maybe not. I think five is a good spot for them. Uh, four, I went with Man United just because, you know, a full year for, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I, I think Man U will take a step this year, get back into that top four. Because, I mean, yeah, I we, have we, them in my top four as well. We all know they're a consummate European team. They have been for years. I think they're getting back into that top four this year. All right, keep going. Um, and at three, I went with Spurs. It's just, it's just so hard to go between. It's just so hard to like to pick the top three because I, I think it's gonna stay essentially the same. But I just, I have Tottenham at that third spot. All right. Um, second, I went with last year's second place, Liverpool. I think they're like. 1B in this race, but I still think Man City is the top is still think Man City is the top dog. All right. So Mitchie's top 10 is in. All right, here's my top 10 here. Starting at number 10, I got West Ham. 
Uh, I don't think much of them at all, but I know they got rid of Anakovich and uh, he was a cancer in that locker room. Everybody hated his guts. And from the second he got there, they seemed to get worse. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just hoping that a positive vibe in the locker room will get them into that 10 spot. So I'll be right. Nine, Mitchie, I, I agree with you. I think Wolves are on the up and up. I think they're a team that could find themselves in the Europa League in the next couple of years. Uh, they, they developed their talent very well and uh, good manager there. Number eight, Leicester City. I think they stay in the top 10. I know they just lost Maguire, but they have enough uh, decent striking power up top and a half decent enough midfield. I think they'll be in the top 10. I got Leicester at eight. Um, at seven, I put Everton there, you know, especially if they get Zaha. And, uh, you know, they, they haven't, they, they've been that team that, you know, they spent all that money. What was it last year? They spent like 120 million pounds or something like that. And, you know, you just thought they were going to be, uh, they were going to be a lot better than they were, but I like them to make a little stride this year and be in that six, seven spot. I put them in seven, sixth. I put Chelsea. They got the transfer ban going right now. Um, you know, obviously they lost Eden Hazard, which is massive, but they brought Kovacic in, uh, on permanent. They were able to make that permanent. And, uh, you know, another full season with him uh, on the uh, on the roster. And like you said, uh, Lampard's the man in charge now. Uh, Aziri or whatever is gone. And uh, no more smoking darts on the sideline. <laughs> Hacking darts uh, and just managing on offense. Maybe football. Lampard will take up smoking. Yeah, maybe Lampard. Well, he might have to the way Chelsea's played the last <laughs> few seasons. I mean, N'Golo Conte is such a monster. Uh, I, I mean, you know, if Kovacic comes to play and they get some scoring out of uh, – out of, out of those guys, maybe, maybe they'll be a little better, but I got them in the sixth spot. Number five, the scum of North London, uh, the second team in North London, uh, the Tottenham's ugly stepchild. We're talking Arsenal. I have them in fifth. I think that another year of uh, what's his name there, uh, Emery, uh, you know, getting his system in and getting, you know, Obama Yang. And if Sabalos comes in and, you know, Lacazette is a nice player. And, uh, you know, they don't have a strong midfield. They lost Aaron Ramsey. Yep. That's a tough loss for them, big for sure. Loss. That's a big, big loss in, for them. And I don't know if they've filled the void, but, you know, Sabalo's coming in. He's a great kid. And even if it's just on loan, if he can give them a good season of uh, more guaranteed playing time, then, uh, then, then all the power to them. Number four. Same reasons as you, uh, Manchester United. Even if they lose Pogba, I think that Maguire coming in is going to stop some of the some of the crap that gets uh, left around De Gea, who's such a great goalie, and he's really he's, committed his future to the to the club, signing a new contract there. Um, really nice to see. Third place, I got Man City. I think Pep is going to start to wear thin on these guys. Um, he demands so much from his club that eventually I think that he might run thin. And I, I'm just I'm just trying to be different. It's so easy to put them at number one and Liverpool at one. I'm trying to change it up. Number two, so I'm just going to say number one. I got my Tottenham Hotspur taking the jump this year, winning the league. I think they're going to secure uh, a proper midfield. I think midfield depth has cost them uh, so many points down the stretch, especially once they got rid of Dembele last year. They were just dropping points once Winks got hurt and Sissoko was out and Dyer was out. Uh, this team seems to understand the importance of having depth at midfield. Uh, Musa Sissoko, Tangay and Dembele, that, that's a monster, monster 
couple guys to get through. You know Alderweireld and Vertonghen are going to be good together. And uh, I think this is the year that Mauricio Pochettino delivers something special, especially if Lo Celso comes in. Uh, that's a yep. special guy with Deli Alli, Son, Hungman, uh, Harry Kane, Lucas, who was great in the Champions League. I think Deli is just going to be a real key for you, a real key for you guys this year, just because some points last year he kind of just looked like he was a little uninvolved and he, he didn't really care. I mean, if he if he finds that fire again, steps his game up, I could definitely see Tottenham winning the league. Well, that's the that's what separated Liverpool and Man City last season was just the sheer competition. Like, if you weren't playing hard, you had Shakiri on the bench. You have these guys like Jordan Henderson was coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Like. You had quality players coming off the bench. And guess what? If Deli Alley doesn't work, Lo Celso's going to play all those games and he'll come off the bench. Yep. And Mauricio Pochettino's not afraid to do it. He's free. He'll freeze guys out. He's been through the ups and downs with Alderweireld, the ups and downs with Ericsson. Uh, you know, there's rumors out there that Tottenham might offer Ericsson a new contract and he might end up staying. But I, I, I could see Man United move on Ericsson if they get money from Pogba. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And he said it was time to move on. Once a player says that, I, I tend to lean on the side of you should probably just believe them. Um, and you know what? In that Champions League final, and let's get into that, Nietzsche. I know it was last year. We're starting a new year, but we can talk about it. It's still pretty yeah, relevant. Okay, okay. Champions League final um, starts off, you know, right off the hop. My blood pressure is 110, uh, especially when you see the new Premier League uh, VAR, which actually we'll get into that after this too. Uh <laughs> The new Premier League VAR decided it'd be a great idea to use the uh, the penalty example in the Champions League final as uh, as their call to uh, show the technology, and they would have taken the call back. I thought, but it's tough when the refs in that position. Um, but I thought VAR let them down, not calling down and being like, he had no chance to move his arm there. He didn't put it out at the ball. That was just one of those things that like it just hit it, man. There's nothing you could do about it. I don't think he intentionally did it at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I honestly think most of the time handballs aren't ever intentional. It's just like you're either your arms already there or it's just like a natural reaction for your body. I mean, that one was tough. Yeah, it was definitely a tough one on such like I mean, it's the biggest scale there is. But right? Tottenham didn't score, and I know that they wouldn't have had to take the chance and allow the second goal to be bagged, but because they had everyone up the pitch at that point. But that said, they didn't put one in. They had chances. Harry Kane, you know. I'm not trying to say he was a little bit of a selfish Sally, but he wasn't even close to 100%. And when Lucas Mora, who did what he did, you know, wasn't the striker that game, they yeah. they screwed up, man, because Lucas Mora is a bad man. He's a good player, man. I, I'm i on record saying that he should have got the start. Harry Kane was nowhere near fit to start that game. No, did you see the goal he scored against Juve from half? Yeah, the other was, day, that was insane. Yeah. yeah, the guy's superhuman, but, like, he still shouldn't have started. No, I game. think that was a selfish Sally move. But, I mean, if you're Pochettino and that's your guy, what are you supposed to yeah, say, right? I guess so, you're right. Mitchie, VAR, thumbs up, thumbs down to video replay coming into effect. It's just got to keep – I'm all for it. We just – it's got to it's gotta be consistent, though, all yeah. the time. Yeah, one thing, if you're going to set the standard, keep the standard because you see in other sports like hockey and – yeah, and hockey. You know, I'm just getting in football, uh, like American football. There's consistency issues with their replay when it's like, yo, we just did video replay, 
and this call was one way last week, but now it's this way this week. As long as they can find a way to keep it consistent, I'm all for it because the game's fast. These guys are flying. The ball's flying. It's hard. Yeah. There's only one guy out on the pitch. You know, there's only one ref out there. I know he's got assistance, but it's a, it's tough for those guys to cover all that ground. And, uh, you know, and when there's 11 guys aside, um, they can tend to get crowded at times. It's impossible to see everything. Any way you can help the refs, uh, you want to help them. It's easy to get mad at them, but you certainly don't have a game without them. I mean, I'd also like to just go on record saying that despite it being our two teams playing in the final, it was a boring game. That was, it was bad. Horrible, man. That didn't even look like uh, proper. It was just two teams that, you know, Liverpool and Tottenham both kind of have the uh, – reputations of bottling the big moment as of late. I know Liverpool's had success before, but in the last decade, you know, they had that run where they were right at the top of the league for the while there and they collapsed and, yep. uh, you know, just Tottenham's known for their collapses. You saw it versus Juve the season before last year when, uh, you know, it looked like it was all over, but the crying and then all of a sudden they just Dybala, wasn't it? Dybala fucking bagged a goal for them, and uh, all of a sudden Higuain scored, and it was like they were just ahead, and that was it. Or Zukic, one of those guys, yeah, and that was it. So Tottenham and Liverpool both kind of played like they were afraid to lose it, and uh, Liverpool benefited from a controversial call. I didn't, you know, at the time I was like, fuck, that's unfortunate. After the the fact, I saw it a few times. I thought maybe they couldn't have called it, but in the moment, who the hell knows, right? It's one so of those hard. things where like no team really came out and gave you like. That Champions League performance, though, was kind of a lot of apprehension. Now, guys, we want to uh, let you know we're going to be trying to do this as much as possible every week, especially going into the season. But uh, we're going to sign off here on the Full Press Radio Network. This has been Episode 1 of Off the Woodwork. Mitchie, good times today, buddy. Yeah, it's been good. Episode number one, obviously a little rough around the edges. But I think as we get going, doing more episodes, we'll get uh, – Get some better quality, better content. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to let you guys know that that intro is uh, is uh, copyright free. That's free music because we ain't got no money. See you next time.